Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to the Alien Races After Party. I'm joined, as always, by my co-pilot on our journey through the cosmos. Ryan, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. I am ready for the ant people to come abduct away the hate and improve this world and for the lizard people to show themselves. I want the Clintons to take off their masks (laughs) and reveal that they're actually gorn underneath. Good luck. All right, well, let's just get into this. Why don't you start off, tell them what they need to know. You guys know the drill by now, unless you're new, in which case you're in for a ride. If you uh, want to help us out, we really appreciate it. You can do that by leaving us a review, a comment, sharing, whatever it is you can do on your particular podcast app or platform. You can also let us know what you like and give us suggestions and feedback at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on TikTok. And I have it on good authority. There's a new TikTok on the way. And that's at cryptique underscore podcast and YouTube at cryptique podcast with no underscore. What about the merch? As always, you can find what we're hawking over at crypticpodcaststore.com. And you can find what our friends at Parabox are selling at the link in the show notes. All right. Well, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about other types of extraterrestrials that we missed Mm -hmm. we skipped over insectoids in tuesday's episode because we wanted to include the hopi belief system in the after party the legend of the ant people among the hopi native americans bears intriguing connections to the anunnaki as observed through various ancient texts and stories worldwide should we tell them what the anunnaki are just in case they don't know yeah go ahead quick Okay, so basically in ancient Sumeria, which would be uh, modern day Iraq, the kind of cradle of civilization, right? Mm. They had this belief in sky people that they called Anunnaki that came down. And basically there's a lot of conjecture on what exactly they mean but basically they were kind just to make it simple they were kind of like the mythology of the people of that time in that place and they were believed to be ancient astronauts and as david childress would say otherworldly beings <laughs> but that's just kind of a, a quick wrap up of that that's not bad it's not bad that impression it's all you have to do is sound like you're trying to take a shit when you say it oh the world yeah you're right him and uh giorgio are sitting next to each other watching alien porn <laughs> <laughs> i'm a hundred percent sure that's a real thing <laughs> yes yes now that i have ruined Probably everybody's dinner alienated everyone <laughs> All right, go ahead. Tell us tell us more. The patterns that we just talked about before our little sidebar, uh, right. though sometimes glaringly evident, are often overlooked by many. The Hopi, acknowledged as the oldest of people by other Native American tribes, hold profound beliefs in the existence of the ant people. Drawing a parallel, the ancient Sumerian texts featuring the Anunnaki become difficult to ignore once one delves into the lore of the ant people. <laughs> I'm sorry, can't can't not laugh when I see ant people. I'm so happy. However, it is crucial to acknowledge that only members of the Hopi tribe possess the full understanding and wisdom to elaborate on this matter. Across diverse ancient cultures, a shared theme emerges. 
the veneration of extraterrestrial beings originating from the stars who are prophesied to return someday. These beliefs find symbolic representation through various animals depicted in ancient art forms. The rich tapestry of these intertwined myths beckon us to explore the depths of human history and its fascination with beings beyond our world. The Hopi people hold a profound reverence for ants, much akin to how the Egyptians, Sumerians, and various other cultures held cows in special regard. Moo. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining, like, the Hopi probably loved, like, the Ant-Man movies. You know what I saw? Mm. And this is going to be another gross aside, so you can fast forward 15 seconds <laughs> if you need to. But I saw an actual old Indian lady breastfeeding a calf. What? Yep. YouTube it. It's no, no, thank so you. So bizarre. Anyway, sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm already in a special handle with Carefile with my ISP. I do not need to Google that. Okay. Uh, in the case of cows, they may have symbolized the Milky Way galaxy. While for the Hopi, ants represented beings from the stars known as the ant people. It's kind of a more direct and literal connection. The connection between the Hopi term for the ant people Anunnaki and the stories of the Anunnaki is direct and captivating. Although it might be perceived as coincidental, the similarities are striking. Notably, the Babylonian sky god Anu bears the same name as the Hopi word for ant. Furthermore, Naki translates to friends, rendering Anunnaki to signify ant friends in Hopi. It's so wild, man. I'm convinced that there was worldwide travel throughout history. I, <laughs> I think that all this BS about, you know, being the first to do this and the first... It's been going on forever. Mm -hmm. But in both languages. Yeah, in both <laughs> languages. Sorry, I'm just thinking about like how goofy these connections are so far. In both languages, these descriptions pertain to extraterrestrial entities. Although the Hopi believe that the ant people originated from beneath the ground. Another intriguing parallel. So they'd be like uh, ultra terrestrials. We had an episode called Ultra Terrestrials. I know. It's going to hurt my hurt and hurt and her street cred. Another <laughs> intriguing parallel lies in the similarity between the Hopi word Sohu, meaning star, and the Egyptian term Sahu, which signifies stars of Orion. Remarkably, the constellation Orion finds its presence repeatedly represented across the globe. Ancient astronaut theorists point out. See, I heard that guy's voice saying that. Ancient astronaut theorists point out how Orion, as well as other celestial systems like the Pleiades, appear consistently in the layout of pyramids and various ancient structures worldwide. These recurring celestial connections beckon us to contemplate the potential cosmic influences on ancient civilizations and their architectural wonders. Another coincidence? Another coincidence? According to the Hopi legend, the ant people played a crucial role as saviors during two catastrophic cataclysms. I don't know if we'll get into it or not, but I do know that the Hopi believe that there are four like cycles, four world cycles, basically. And I don't know. I don't remember exactly how they go, but it was like, you know, drought and flood and blah, 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 blah. And they believe that we are on the fourth cycle now, so the next cataclysm will end Earth. Uh, so these 
ant people were benevolent beings and they took the Hopi people underground and provided them with essential teachings and knowledge to survive the calamities. Remarkably, these stories bear resemblance to the great flood narratives found in Sumerian texts and the Bible. During their time underground with the ant people, the ancestors of the Hopi learned vital skills for sustenance and survival. They were taught how to cultivate crops with limited water and construct dwellings within rocks, enabling them to adapt to challenging environments. Moreover, the ant people imparted knowledge of astronomy and mathematics, which would later prove instrumental in the foundation of a new civilization. After it was safe to return to the surface, the Hopi followed the guidance of the ant people to construct intricate habitations exemplified by the awe-inspiring structures seen today at Chaco Canyon. Chaco Canyon sounds like a dessert you would get at Denny's. <laughs> sounds good, man. <laughs> Give me that Chaco Canyon. These architectural marvels might appear akin to great ant mounds from an aerial perspective. Among the features were kivas, circular semi-subterranean ceremonial rooms accessed through ladders from above, a term derived from the Hopi language. Even today, the legacy of the ant people endures through petroglyphs that still depict them, and the Hopi people continue to preserve and pass down their story through dances and rituals. So, real quick, the kiva was also something that they claim was taught to them by the ant people on how they can basically start seeds with hardly any water they keep them in the cool dark moisture and then that's where they seed them and plant them and i think that archaeologists are kind of puzzled because there's not really any signs of irrigation and there's very little rainfall where they're at i believe is in four corners they're kind of amazed that they were able to you know actually produce crops with that kind of weather the reverence for these ancient saviors remains an integral part of the Hopi culture, connecting them to their past and reaffirming their enduring relationship with the stars and the mysteries of the universe. One of the most intriguing Hopi legends involves the ant people who were crucial to the survival of the Hopi, not just once, but twice. The so-called First World, or World Age, was apparently destroyed by fire, possibly some sort of volcanism asteroid strike or coronal mass ejection from the sun. The second world was destroyed by ice, ice age glaciers, or a pole shift. During these two global cataclysms, the virtuous members of the Hopi tribe were guided by an odd-shaped cloud during the day and a moving star at night that led them to the sky god named Sotuknang, who finally took them to the ant people. In Hopi, Anusinam, Okay, so Anusinam means literally ant people. The ant people then escorted the Hopi into subterranean caves where they found refuge and sustenance. Uh, let's take a quick break and you can tell us about stories of giants. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Go ahead. 
Stories that giants and other strange beings have lived deep inside the earth are seen around the globe. In the Hopi legend, these beings were benevolent and helped the tribe, even to their own detriment. In this legend, the Ant people are portrayed as generous and industrious, giving the Hopi food when supplies ran short and teaching them the merits of food storage. In fact, another legend says that the reason why the ants have such thin waste today is because they once deprived themselves of provisions in order to feed the Hopi. The resemblance between the thin-waisted ants with elongated heads and antennae and some ancient petroglyphs is remarkable. Interestingly, there are also intriguing parallels found across the globe where an African ant species, the feral ant, evokes thoughts of a miniature version of pharaoh Akhenaten, known for his unusual and alien-like appearance. You might even say otherworldly. <laughs> Absolutely. In series four, episode nine of the History Channel's Ancient Aliens, the subject of the ant people is covered extensively. Petroglyphs, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> petroglyphs depicting these beings are often accompanied by wall paintings that bear an unmistakable resemblance to the cuneiform symbols found in ancient Sumeria. I keep thinking about the South Park episode where they're interviewed for the History Channel. Mm-hmm one of these ancient alien type shows and they just like keep clipping things out of context. And the kids are like, I didn't say that shit. Yeah. These symbols are associated with the enigmatic wing makers as explored in the show. Like ancient Egypt, where matriarchal dynasties existed, DNA findings from Chaka Canyon still sounds like a dessert suggest the possibility of a maternal dynasty that ruled for an extended period between AD 800 and 1250. Scientific American published a story on this in 2017, reporting the examination of the remains of 14 individuals discovered in a burial crypt at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. The Chaco Canyon settlement housed thousands of Anasazi inhabitants who held a deep belief in protecting Mother Earth. However, the ancient Puebloans mysteriously disappeared, along with any signs of the ant people, except for cave paintings and oral traditions. Researchers now speculate that climate change may have driven them away as the growing population struggled to sustain itself. In the wake of the Anasazi's disappearance, they integrated with other tribes like the Hopi, Zuni, and Rio Grande Pueblo, forming connections and blending their cultures, leaving behind a legacy that continues to captivate researchers and historians to this day. The speculations put forth by ancient astronaut theorists raise intriguing questions about the role extraterrestrial beings could play and helping humanity navigate impending future disasters. So, do you want to get into the Mantis people? I do, but I do want to say that... They're here to pinch away the hate. (laughs) While we may not believe that the Paris Climate Accord is going to be a good thing, and while not all of us believe that oil is you know, harvested from dinosaur juice and things along those lines. There are so many obvious, I guess, ecological disasters that are just on the horizon. And one of them is plastic. And I actually know some people that don't recycle. So, you know, whether you believe in any of this or all this know that plastics is a problem and you need to recycle and that's something we can take from the ant people the ant people want you to recycle maybe that well and a a thing to know is that more significantly more pollution comes from shipping than like cars 
Yeah. Like, I, I felt for a while... Now, I don't know what pollution was like in the 50s or 60s mm-hmm. when there weren't catalytic converters and things like that, but uh-huh. we focus a lot of time and effort on cars, which uh-huh. are already pretty clean. Like, I don't know if, if anybody listening to this is over, like, 30 or 40, but when you were a kid, you probably smelled exhaust driving around because oh, yeah. cars didn't have emission control systems, and now they do. And now you don't really smell that anymore. It's kind of the same as like, you know, if you if you drop a drop of gasoline in your garage, you can smell it for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a gas station, you hardly smell gas because they've done a lot to control fumes and emissions and things like that. But we still have. God, I read it. It's it's something like uh, that an average cruise ship puts out as much pollution as like 60,000 cars. Yeah. For sure. It's like a ridiculous amount of pollution just from like ships of that size. You know, it's the I think it's the majority of pollution comes from power production using fossil fuels and shipping. And Mm -hmm. the the really sad part is the best solution we have is nuclear power. Just from a subjective point of view, like nuclear power is generally safe. Mm -hmm. It's killed very few people, you know. I mean, there have been disasters, but it produces, apart from, like, the rods, the spent rods that have to be disposed of or stored safely mm-hmm. or blasted into the sun, depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. like, the, there's no pollution. I mean, it produces steam. <laughs> They're just heating water, producing steam, turning turbines. Like, the smoke that you see coming out of a nuclear power plant is not smoke. It's just steam. It's super clean. It produces a ton of power and it's environmental activists who killed it. Most places. Hey, mm-hmm. we see Chernobyl. That was a disaster. And then uh, Fukushima. Yeah, that was a disaster. I, it was Fukushima, right? I believe so. So here's the thing. We go back to Chernobyl right? There's a great episode of River Monsters where Jeremy Wade has to put on this, uh, you know, radiation detector and it clicks and whatever. And and then it'll tell him like, Hey, you've been here for, you know, however long the time is, this is how much radiation you've been exposed to. It's time to head out. But guess what? The animals at Chernobyl are fucking killing it, dude. Like they are just living their best lives they're all healthy they look great and it's not that the radiation was necessarily the problem the people were the problem now that there's no people there they are thriving and i don't know it's you know it's up for debate but it's always people that have dogs in the fight that you know, come up with all these issues that, oh, this is bad. This is better. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, $6 million invested in big oil. So obviously you're going to say that's better than electricity or you've got whatever. Everybody's got a dog in the fight, but it's, it's people that are the problem. It's that we clog everything up with our fucking muck of garbage that we leave. Yeah, I mean, my understanding is for nuclear fallout to be a problem, there has to be something for the nuclear 
like the radiation to attach to. Like, why is Chernobyl still abandoned yeah. and Hiroshima is not? And they were saying that it has it. It's because the radiation dissipated super, super quickly because mm. most of the damage done was through like heat and the shockwave. And it didn't blow a lot of debris up in the air that and dust and things like that that bonded with that radiation and caused it to kind of come back down. Something, yeah, it's something about the way that it can like either bond with stuff or it can just dissipate depending on what type of reaction it is. Anyway. Well, getting back to the Pueblo, right? The, the tribe. So we basically passed on the pipeline because we did not want to risk an environmental disaster on native land. Am I wrong? Is that what we were basically told? Uh, I think it was that, and I think it was cutting through like nature preserves and things like that. Okay. Well, that's interesting because now they have found a huge stock of lithium, and it's on Pueblo Indian ground. And so some of the tribes that are in the area were you know, spoken to about like, Hey, we might want to do this lithium mine. And then the Pueblo are like, nobody said anything to us. This is sacred land. This Mm. is sacred land for us. We come out here to worship our ancestors. We collect medicine from this area and the government's like, eh, it's lithium. Fuck you guys. We're doing it. Yeah. We're mandating that all cars have to be EVs by like 2035. So yeah. So it's like, Oh, well, if it's lithium, it's okay. You're going to strip mine in this, you know, basically reservation land. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't do the pipeline because it might interfere with some nature. I, 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 it's hard for me to follow because it's like, if it's okay for one thing, why is it not okay for the other thing? Or if it's terrible... You know, you're a horrible person if you would want this pipeline. I mean, just you must you must hate nature and you must hate Native Americans. Oh, but it's lithium this time. So fuck them. Yeah, because I got to have my Tesla. (laughs) And nobody's going to say anything about it except us. I guess that's our two cents. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Mantis Bailey. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Go ahead. Mantis aliens indeed hold a mysterious and unsettling reputation among extraterrestrial beings. Numerous abduction scenarios feature accounts from individuals who wake in the middle of the night, reporting the ominous presence of these entities looming over their beds. Although not as commonly reported as the Grey or Nordic aliens... Mantis beings play a significant role in various extraterrestrial contact encounters. Researchers have explored different theories about the origin of these creatures. One hypothesis suggests that mantids could represent an early form of intelligent life that originated from planet Earth itself. However, it is essential to note that this is just one of several speculative explanations put forth by researchers and enthusiasts 
in the field of extraterrestrial studies. As with many aspects of ufology and extraterrestrial encounters, the true nature and origin of the mantis aliens, or mantids as we just referred to them, remain shrouded in mystery. Most people know what a praying mantis looks like, but, and we're just talking about the actual insects here on Earth, they are insane, dude. They fight off like blackbirds and stuff. Mm. You know, like they will fight anything and they will, they'll fight cats, dude. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure I've seen YouTube videos of them, like a cat coming after them, they just latch onto like a nostril. Uh Uh-huh. They're insane, and they're beautiful and wonderful and amazing. And if you are gardening, which I hope you are, don't put insecticides on your plants. You can get some mantis egg sacs, and they will kill anything that's trying to eat your stuff including deer you know what that's a good idea you you and i talked before we're both we've both had the same problem this summer so far which is ants Mm -hmm. not ant people just straight up normal ants Mm -hmm. they were coming through they were coming through the sliding door in my basement because the house is on a slant okay and it's this kid who's like hey we're doing treatments on like the strickland's house and on this house Mm -hmm. and whatever else Like, can we put you down for one? We're going to treat your whole yard. We're going to lay down, like, we're going to pressure wash your siding and do all this stuff and get these cobwebs out of here. And we're going to treat your entire yard so it kills all the bugs. Mm. And I was like, where where are the bugs going to live? If you're doing all of our lawns, like, where are the bugs going to go? Like, this seems like maybe not the best idea. Like, bugs do something. You know, right. like, absolutely. Not only do I not want to evict and kill all the bugs, like I don't want them inside, so I'm going to put like repellent and traps down and stuff like that. Like I don't, right. they're not coming in anymore. We sprayed around the doorways. Right. But yeah, that that was just an environmental thing that seemed really strange to me. It's like, what happens if we all start doing that treatment to our lawns? Well, here's the thing. They, yeah, these are the guys that are, you know, spending $4,000 a year on fertilizer and insecticides and fungicides and every kind of side you can think of that you are putting on your lawn. So when you put all that side on your lawn, you may as well put Sua in front of it or Hama in front of it. Because you're poisoning the water supply that we're all drinking. Mm. So thanks, assholes. Not only that, but I've seen this thing where this guy is like, I have a, an idea that can eradicate mosquitoes, you know, in your whole area, your whole neighborhood. Your, and it's like, well, okay, here's what happens. You kill all the mosquitoes, and then the bats have nothing to eat. The dragonflies have nothing to eat. The birds have nothing to eat, and then they all die. And then next year, all the mosquitoes come back, and there's nothing to eat them. So they eat us. Yep. All right. Let's get into mythology. (laughs) The presence of insect beings in mythologies from various cultures, including Native American and African folklore, highlights the enduring fascination and reverence humans have held for these creatures. Also, there is a whole Chinese kung fu fighting style based on the mantis, so that's pretty cool. 
Among the Coesian tribe of Africa, the mantis is regarded as a significant figure, being considered the first living creature on earth and attributed with granting life to animals and humans, as well as bestowing language and fire to people. Not sure how they got that out of, you know, like a little praying mantis. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say like, yes, I believe that there were alien or, you know, ultra terrestrial praying mantises that did this, but it seems kind of silly that a tribe would be like, they probably brought us fire. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like a normal thing to come up with. Like, you know, the the legend of the possum burn the hair off its tail. Like, I, I understand how, you know, you see the fire or you see the tail of a, a possum and you're like, oh, we got to come up with something nasty that happened to that thing. But I don't see people seeing praying mantises and be like oh well yeah they probably gave us life and taught us how to use fire yeah you're right kind of a strange attribution right the legend of the mantis creating the moon as a guide for hunters adds to its significance in their mythology and there's a lot of theories out there that the earth didn't always have a moon so who knows insects including the mantis possess a distinct otherness in their appearance and behavior which can trigger feelings of alienation and unease among humans. This disconnect from familiar mammalian attributes might contribute to the unfortunate death of many insects due to human reactions. That's true. I mean, even my girls who just hate bugs, they try and get them on a plate or, you know, something like that that they can let them go outside. So, yeah, do you know, if you see a cricket in your house, it's not coming for you. It's just trying to find a way to live. So, you know, flick it outside. Despite being one of the most human-like arthropods, the mantis also evokes a deeply rooted fear of otherness, often leading to negative encounters with these creatures. Just a quick story. I used to have some praying mantises as pets. I just think they're really cool. And I put on like some leather work gloves to take one out of its cage one time to clean it and my dad was laughing at me you know calling me a sissy like oh, it's just a little bug and I'm like alright well you do it then and he stuck his hand in there and it latched onto his fingers and he starts shaking it and screaming I motherfucker you mother and I'm like see I mean they have spines they don't, <laughs> they don't have venom but I mean it's going to be like you know tacks being smashed into your hand of course yeah, yeah. it's going to hurt <sighs> the common experience of paralysis reported by some individuals during contact with mantis beans is an intriguing aspect of alleged extraterrestrial encounter. And it's not just with mantis. You know, we see these with all the beans except for the Nordic Aryans. While there is no concrete evidence to support this theory, it is possible that paralysis could serve as a precautionary measure against the urge to destroy or harm the other so this is kind of i guess make us think like oh if we see one of these mantis beans we should be open-minded about it and whatnot i'm running i'm running if i can unless i'm you know if you're not immobilized sorry i'm planning out a security system that drops spring mantises on you and you open the door <laughs> and you're unauthorized and they just pinch you that would be awesome all right way well, to go <laughs> he was, yeah, it'd be a, like a Clinticide, right? 
No, he uh, <laughs> committed suicide by praying mantis. He dropped 10,000 of them in a bathtub with him and let him pinch him to death. All right, tell us about the mantis origins. The belief that mantis aliens come from the Draco system and work alongside reptilians is part of some theories in the realm of extraterrestrial hypothesis. These theories often speculate about different extraterrestrial races and their potential origins and interactions with Earth and humanity. They are commonly described as resembling the praying mantis insect, but on a much larger scale. Standing at about six to seven feet tall, so kind of like the Nordics, they have long, slender torsos, and their arms, necks, and hands possess additional joints, giving them a unique appearance. Also known as a terrifying appearance, probably. Absolutely. Their heads are triangular and insect-like with large slanted eyes that are typically deep brown to black in color. While most mantis aliens are reported to be dark brown, some encounters mention other colors such as green and black. These beings have bodies composed of a segmented exoskeleton, which adds to their distinct appearance. Some abductees have reported observing a seemingly oily substance coating the mantis beings. It is not uncommon for them to be depicted wearing long robes, which may vary in colors, possibly signifying different ranks or roles among their kind. However, it's important to note that some mantis encounters depict them as unclothed as well. Naked. Naked. <laughs> I was abducted by a naked mantis. The uh, mantis folk got me. How do they communicate? Well, they do some... Uh, the regular, you know, real praying mantises will say, do some pretty cool dances. They, they're amazing creatures. I mean, if they are unlike any insect in the world, for sure... One of the creepiest things about a mantis is, first of all, when they're in greenery, they're almost invisible. And some can actually change their color from green to brown. And then there's some, like in Asia, that are white with black spots or white with pink spots. And they mix into these flowers. It's, it's just amazing. But one of the creepiest things is you can be looking at one, right? And it's just, just hanging out, just sitting there. And then slowly, methodically, it turns its head and connects its gaze with you. That's creepy. When you see an insect turn its head, it is bizarre. Mm -hmm. Reports of mantis aliens communicating with human abductees through telepathic messages are relatively common in accounts of extraterrestrial encounters. However, it's intriguing to note that some witnesses have observed mantis beings engaging in communication among themselves using an auditory language. According to these accounts, the mantis language is described as a series of clicking sounds exchanged between the creatures. So that kind of goes back to, you know, how dolphins and some whales communicate, right? Clicking sounds? Mm-hmm. When I think of communication through clicks, what I think of are those, like, African languages. Mm-hmm. There's, oh my God, what's the show called? Extinct or Alive? Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. It's this guy, For Forrest Galante. Wow, I can't believe I'm remembering this stuff. I'm actually not Googling anything. Nice. But he, I think, grew up in like South Africa or something like that. Or maybe he grew up kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I know he talked about like having friends in Africa. And there's like an episode where they're f- looking for this like certain species of crocodile or whatever 
And he's like, oh, well, I grew up near here. Like, let me go see the people that I know. Mm-hmm. But there's an episode where they're looking for some kind of creature and they're talking to these people that have this really, to us, very strange sounding language where they're vocalizing the way we would for English. But like in the middle of it, they're like clicking and making all these strange sounds along with it. And it's like, I literally don't even understand how you're making this sound. Mm-hmm. It's like like noises like that but it's like in the middle of other words yeah it's so bizarre well i mean we see a lot of clicking and stuff in sasquatch communication yeah or the other thing that i could think of would be like um the predator Mm -hmm. absolutely while it's challenging to fully comprehend the intricacies of such communication without direct experience The clicking language adds to the enigmatic and fascinating nature of encounters with these beings. And that would be really creepy, too. I mean, if you're having this experience and then, you know, you're having this telepathic communication and then they start talking and you don't understand it, you're going to be like, oh, shit, what what happened? What what are they talking about? What did I say something wrong? You know, anyway, tell us about some of their abilities and maybe a common abduction scenario? Uh, okay, ability. Some experiencers state that the mantids are also shapeshifters and use advanced technologies to create a field around their bodies to make them appear human. So I guess that's more of a camouflage than shape-shifting per se, but... Cloaking? Yeah. Yeah, but I guess, you know, shape-shifting is kind of a colloquialism here. Well, I think that shape-shifting is really hard to believe. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, if we're talking about manipulating matter, that's one thing. But if Mm -hmm. we're saying that they're using some kind of a psychic shield that, you know, makes their bodies look human, I think that's more acceptable in reality. At least it's better than the, like, insect being from... The first Men in Black. Uh, Remember, like when he's disguised as a human, it's he steals like Vincent D'Onofrio's skin, mm-hmm. and he's running around New York as like this hick farmer, yep. and he, he looks like a like a shambling zombie. And then when he comes out of the skin, same thing you're talking about with the mask. He's like forty feet tall, but somehow he was the size and weight of a human. I guess it happens. There was no point at which he like you know he sat in a taxi or something and it bottomed out the whole time. Right. All right, on to abductions. In the realm of alleged extraterrestrial encounters, the mantis beings are often described as overseers and appear to hold positions of leadership and authority during abductions. Witness accounts frequently mention mantis beings accompanied by several small gray aliens who seem to follow their instructions and act on their behalf. So this kind of goes towards what we talked about before, with these being believed to be kind of a drone being and operating under a hive mind and serving potentially multiple alien races. They appear to carry out specific tasks or functions as directed by these mantis beings. During abduction experiences involving them, a variety of activities have been reported. These may include medical procedures where abductees describe undergoing examinations and interventions conducted by the mantis and their accompanying beings. Additionally, instances of interrogation or information gathering have been reported where abductees feel that they are subjected to questioning or probing of their thoughts and memories. We'll tell you about their intentions on Earth after a quick break.
Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. They intend to get crunk. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about their intentions, okay? Sure. The motivations behind the actions of mantis beings in relation to human abduction remain mysterious. Some individuals who have had encounters with mantis beings describe them as positive and uplifting entities with a mission to protect humanity and Earth. And this is just, I, it seems like this is just a recurring theme that at least some of the encounters that have been had with all these different types of alien races have been them telling us, like, you're fucking up, dude. You need to get your stuff together or you're not going to have a place to live. So I don't know if that makes it more believable or less believable, but in these accounts, the mantis beings are seen as educators using holographic projections to illustrate potential scenarios of destruction and environmental impact caused by human activities. By showing these images, the mantis beings aim to impart a message of environmental awareness and consequences of our actions, seeking to guide humanity towards a more sustainable path. Another common thread among abduction scenarios involving mantis beings is the reported increase in psychic abilities experienced by some abductees after their encounters. These enhanced psychic abilities are often attributed to the interactions with the mantis beings and their advanced consciousness. Many abductees report a sense of calm and comfort during their encounters with the mantis beings. And I'm always a little suspicious of people that they have an alien abduction experience, right? We can agree that not 100% of those are authentic. And then they have these amazing abilities when they're done. Well, that's all good and well, as long as you're not like, you know, charging people for psychic readings and stuff like that. And, you know, I, if you were abducted by an alien and it's true, write a book. That's cool. I'll read it. But if you're saying that you had this, interaction and now you can tell people's fortunes for a fee and stuff like that it just kind of makes it a little fishy for me sure <laughs> yeah well, i mean we've talked about this before when there are incentives mm -hmm. to do something there there's always has to be some kind of suspicion around why you're doing it absolutely you know like i don't know if you've heard there's a new i don't know if it's a rumor or what i saw it on the Linus tech tips like WAN show that there's some new law potentially coming around or some kind of regulation that'll make it so social media platforms will be incentivized to sort of self police and report and give over like copies of communication to the DEA that might possibly relate to drug use which may not seem like a huge issue until you think about the possibility of somebody talking about like having gotten over an addiction at some point that could trip some kind yeah. of automated moderation. Yeah. Incentivizing, you know, saying that they're uh, censorship, presuming that there's an, a, like some kind of reward, like, mm -hmm. Hey, Twitter for every, or Mastodon or whatever, for every person that you turn over to us, we give you $10. Yep. And when you have platforms with millions or hundreds of millions of users, 
that could end up being business, big business, like just turning over absolutely copies of people's messages. Hey, where's the government getting that money to incentivize this stuff? It's coming know. from the American taxpayers. Yeah, it's probably coming from military budgets and things like that. And maybe uh, black book money. Maybe they're using the money that the CIA makes from sending guns to South America and importing drugs. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're using some of that money. I don't know, man. I, there's a lot better ways to spend money. How about you uh, seek these people out and maybe offer them help? I, I doubt that's what's coming. I, no, I don't think I that it's it. going to be like, oh, well, I see that uh, Bill said that uh, he did some magic mushrooms the other day. It's not going to be, hey, we can help you. You know, if you want to get into rehab or something like that, it's going to be, oh, well, so now we have the right to come in your house and search for these drugs you talked about. Yep. Anyway, that's a that's a whole nother show. Yeah. So getting back to these abductees and what they report from these mantis abductions, they describe receiving telepathic words of reassurance and comfort, which alleviate the fear typically associated with extraterrestrial encounters. And, you know, doctors and dentists try and tell you that too. Now ah, you're barely going to feel this. All of a sudden, jab into the gum. Yep. This telepathic communication may create a sense of trust and connection between the abductee and the mantis beings, leading to a more positive and transformative experience. Tell us about the human DNA harvesting. There's a diverse range of reported encounters and experiences with mantis beings, and not all accounts depict them as benevolent or uplifting entities. Ooh, I don't know why I said uplifting that way, but I like it. <laughs> Some individuals who have had contact with mantis beings describe a darker perspective, suggesting that these beings may have intentions of conquest and control rather than aiding in human ascension. Among the more unsettling reports is the belief in a mantis hybridization program involving human DNA to create a new species. Some abductees have reported encountering beings known as tall blacks, believed to be the result of this hybridization. These tall blacks are described as incredibly tall, more humanoid than insectoid, with black skin, elongated limbs, and additional joints on their appendages. And we should potentially clarify here that they mean black. Black like my computer case. Black like my Xbox controller. Like Black my like my heart. <laughs> yeah, like they're saying, like, black. The encounters with these beings often involve medical experiments, like those reported in scenarios involving mantis aliens. The glowing red eyes reported by many abductees add to the eerie nature of these experiences. The interpretations of their actions can vary significantly depending on the experiences of individual abductees. Despite these diverse perspectives, the common thread of interest in human DNA and behavior is evident in many abduction scenarios involving the mantis species. And that's kind of another thing that I've seen with Nordics in particular. Like Nordics will be really interested in communicating with people, but won't necessarily know like social norms. Mm -hmm. There's one story that I heard of a woman who was on like a bus trip. This is, you know, back in the day when you would do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the bus stopped at some, you know, like truck stop and restaurant, whatever. 
And she went in with this guy that she'd been talking to on the bus, like a super hot Nordic looking person. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, what is this? Like, what is this? And just ordered a bunch of different things on the menu and ate it all. And like he had never eaten any food before and didn't understand, but was like, holy shit, this is good. Yeah. And then he gained 30 pounds in one sitting and was poisoned and died. He was like, I think I'm going to die. Like, I don't know what's going on. And they're like, yeah, you ate like 14 entrees. Like, of course you feel terrible. Have you ever experienced an alien in any way? Email us at cryptiquepodcast at gmail.com and share your story. The stories of the ant people and other ancient legends, regardless of one's belief about their origins or truthfulness, can serve as a powerful reminder of essential values and perspectives. Uh, Firstly, they encourage us to remain open-minded and humble when faced with the mysteries of the unknown, and that is a great piece of advice. What's the second core message? Well, the second core message from these legends emphasizes the significance of unity, environmental stewardship, and seeking harmony with nature. These values are crucial in fostering a sustainable and balanced coexistence with our planet and all its inhabitants, both human and non-human. Whether inspired by ancient stories or modern scientific insights, the pursuit of unity, stewardship, and harmony within nature can guide us towards a more compassionate, respectful, and sustainable relationship with the Earth and its diverse life forms. Including weird ultra-terrestrial aliens. You got (laughs) any final thoughts? I think we pretty much nailed everything. Yeah, I think we've gotten to a lot of stuff. The only thing that I was going to bring up is sometimes these messages... I remember uh, listening to another podcast where they were talking about when the UFO you know, phenomena was really part of like the national zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. It was like fairly common for people to talk about experiences with them and like give their messages. Uh And I, what they were talking about was that this was a known spy tactic, you know, like either Soviets or like Soviet sympathizers would go to these groups and be like, yeah, I was abducted by like this kind of alien. And it told us, they told me that like, we need to get together and protest and like stop the U S from developing these weapons and like try to, you know, reduce our military and, you know, things that would weaken the U S relative to the Soviets back when the cold war was going on. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of wonder, you know, I, my, I have a complex relationship with like religion. Okay. But I've, I've talked to people about like the 10 commandments and stuff like that before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a pretty good guide just to live by. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to just create a guide for people to survive and build a society, like that's not a bad one to start with. You really like, don't, don't need steal. all of them either. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, well, like, like <laughs> yeah. Didn't George Carlin have one where he boiled it down to like three I think it's pretty simple. It's like, do not be dishonest. Do not steal. Yeah. And now it's kind of in a different way. We're getting these messages about, you know, take care of your planet. Like, Mm -hmm. stop polluting so much. Stop maybe being so into, like, consumerism and material stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of gone by the way, hasn't it? I don't think yeah. people are coming back from that in the United States. I, unless there's like a like a real 
I don't know if we were invaded or something like that, but yeah, maybe you're right. It's just as believable as the other stuff. I tend to think that if these creatures are being encountered, that they're more likely to be ultra terrestrial or interdimensional, because I think that if they're saying all this about you know, protecting our planet and, you know, disarming and, you know, things like that, that it is going to benefit them a lot more if they're here than if they're just trying to be good Samaritans and, you know, contacting us and saying, hey, we did this, we messed up, you know, now we had to, we had to go find another planet and all that i think it's just more likely that they're like dude we live here too let's just freak them out and tell them we're from outer space or the future (laughs) and they can't do this anymore and they'll listen because obviously humans are controlled by fear yeah but i guess that's all we've got for you tonight on the cryptic podcast at the party hopey ant people and mantis aliens we hope you enjoyed the show And we'll be back next Tuesday with another heavy hitter. Ryan, tell them what they need to know. Yeah, if you guys want to get in contact with us or help us out, you know how to do that. Like, subscribe, share, you know, our TikTok, you know, our YouTube. But particularly, if you yourself are a mantis alien or an ant person, we would love to hear from you. Or if you have had contact directly, please email us at cryptiquepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our friends over at Parabox in the show notes. And check out what we're hawking at cryptiquepodcaststore.com. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs>